Hey everybody, welcome to episode 286 of the Bite Me Podcast. I am Cliff, Rubik's Cube Master Dylan. Say hey. Woo! And <laughs> Steve Harvey Oswald. That's a great Woo! name. That's a great name. <laughs> I, I get a lot of joy out of the, the fake names you guys come up with for... Uh, for this this podcasting software we use, it's it's fun. Uh, today we are going to be talking about video games. I'm excited about that. Uh, we're talking about Raven Software and their union, which is pretty cool. Um, Activision Blizzard, which their union directly affects, and how they want to stop that, which is not quite as cool. Dylan just solved his Rubik's cube. Everyone, big round of applause. Five uh, percent of Nintendo is now owned by Saudi Arabia, which sucks. <laughs> Um, Marvel Snap. Uh, are, is that on your radar at all, Dylan? Marvel Snap? No. I think you're going to like it. It's it's it's, huh. it's for you, man. Uh, you can almost build your own Steam Deck now just from raw parts. Um, speaking of which, my Steam Deck will be here on Saturday. I am very, very excited. Uh, EA almost merged with NBC, which is weird. Um, but they still really would like to merge with someone else. So I guess we've got some... I don't know... I, how much do you think EA is worth? Their market cap's like what, sixty billion? So or thirty-five billion? I don't remember one of those two. So. All merged. One hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Doctor Evil could merge with uh, EA. Um, one million dollars. <laughs> Colby is a backup plan, I guess, if that doesn't work out. We'll talk about that. And some of the other companies that that EA has been talking with. Some of them are just weird. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we got questions from Monotone Screaming, our Deacon Prime fan, Alan S. and QWERTY HJKL1234, which is very hard to say. We got um, we got a free game from Epic Games, but I'll just spoil it. It's a mystery game. I have no idea what it is. We'll see. Last week it was Borderlands 3. Uh, we got some games from Game Pass. We've got... Uh, we don't have anything... Uh, about PlayStation Plus yet, but we're going to break down the price on that again just because that is coming soon. Got a couple of things from Humble Bundle, and uh, then we're done. All goes away. Ta-da. Uh, what? Ta-da. Ta-da. But uh, first, let's start with what we have been playing. Do you want to Do you want to lead us off, Dylan? Um, I have been playing a lot of Back for Blood, so... Um, we actually, like, uh, had two randoms in our... Uh, game last night that were actually fairly talkative and chatty and um it was a lot of fun Um, that's cool man um i think it's interesting because it is a very very teamwork oriented game i guess yeah so um i think naturally people are pretty nice it doesn't have that competitive like we're getting beat by other real people like yeah. Um, of course, I think if you're probably really terrible, then people probably get kind of mad. But <laughs> that's probably only if you're playing on a higher difficulty. I assume if you're playing on the easy difficulty, people aren't going to be playing with you until you do suck. But um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, convinced a lot of other friends to kind of start playing it again. Um, nice. with the new the new content and um, it's it it's definitely worth revisiting if you haven't. Um, gone back or if you haven't even played it yet um probably worth checking out now um definitely adds quite a bit more to the experience um especially if you haven't done it before um might be more impressive than it would have been the first time but i keep thinking about loading that up i haven't gotten there yet but maybe yeah we've been playing it like a couple times a week and that's fun um 
Um, but yeah, I, that's basically what I've been playing. Um, one of my other buddies uh, had been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, which is, I guess, the finally the digital version of Yu-Gi-Oh! That's not just like, you know how they make the, I don't know, almost like the story-driven version of the card game, but then they'll actually because there's been like a million magic games, right? You know, like yeah, the duels yeah. of the planeswalkers or whatever. And it's really not like playing magic with someone else. It's meant to be played mostly as like a single player experience. Sure. It's, the whole pool of cards isn't there. Um, there's probably a little time to put in a story mode, more or less. Um, so it's not really like a, it's not just a digital table where you play the game against someone um so there's been a million Yu-Gi-Oh games just like there's been a million magic games along the way but they finally i think it was in like january uh released what is the equivalent of like what magic arena is now which is like just all the recent cards or pretty much all the cards that have been made in digital version building decks again play against people um um it's pretty good um Yu-Gi-Oh! is not a game I played competitively before, but had played casually. Cause, and um, it's fair to say it's the most complicated of all card games. So I do not really? recommend it to anybody, actually. Um, um, it makes magic look really simple and understandable. <laughs> um, it, the the ways cards interact are not really intuitive. Um, you really have to get... I think it's a hard game to play really casually unless it's just you and your buddy. Um, huh. If you if I tried to show up at a game store and play casually, I'd just probably punch myself because um, it's, it's too confusing. The nice thing about a digital version of a card game is you can't play wrong because the computer corrects you and makes you might make a bad play because you don't understand how stuff works but you can't actually progress the game forward doing something incorrectly because sure the computer yeah. corrects it and it makes the cards interact the right way and it won't let you play a card that you actually can't play at that time you might be able to play a card and you might not be able to resolve its effect properly or it might not resolve in the way you are hoping it does but for example, if you try to make a creature that is, you don't actually have the ability to do, you can't do it. Um, which is kind of nice. It does. It helps you learn the game. But this is definitely a game that takes probably more effort to play than other uh, other games. But, I would not have thought that Yu-Gi-Oh would be the oh, the hardest CCG. Oh, but I I I haven't played every CCG. Oh, I but, thought you'd played all of them. And not all of them. I, there's tons. Like there's tons. Most, of, but the the big core ones like Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh. I, those are probably the. I would guess those are the top three. CCG. So, uh, was Yu-Gi-Oh a card game first, or was it like a manga anime first? That's a good question because, um, I don't know. Huh. I, I, I actually like, I, no wait I do know it was an anime first because I, I I could be wrong I'm not 100% factual without um, doing internet research but the uh, the beginning of the anime they weren't even playing it was Yu-Gi-Oh King of Games it was not just them playing a card game there was other games before they started playing 
what we know as the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, which uh, is uh, dual monsters or whatever. Um, and then once the anime got to that, they're like, oh, this is pretty cool and people like this. And they just went that direction. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I would have to say the anime did come first. And your card um, came out in 1996 yeah. and the card game came out in 1999. They have sold almost $10 billion worth of cards. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a huge game. Um, Renton specifically in the area I live, I know like has a local shop that has a pretty um, big Yu-Gi-Oh scene. Not all, it's not as popular and like most game shops have magic. Not all of them have Yu-Gi-Oh, but there's generally, I think one that you would find um, around or something, but um, it doesn't quite have the appeal, but it does have that really hardcore audience for sure. I think it, I think it does draw in people that want the more complex, like it definitely has a different crowd of players. Um, it's interesting because it's definitely not as accessible of a game. Um, it it is actually worldwide the best selling card game too. Okay, it out- that that like, makes sense that it might it would be more popular probably elsewhere. A, yeah, um, and, or That's globally it's probably very very popular. Yeah. Um, huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if I I recommend it unless that's something you like. If you now, if you liked Yu-Gi-Oh in the past, um, would you like it? Maybe, um, just because it's kind of cool. Yeah. A lot of color. All the old cards are in there, but again, power creep happens. So newer stuff in any card game is just better than old stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the game is vastly different than it was if you played it in the late '90s, like I did, or whatever. Um, early 2000s. So that's super interesting. Um. I still I there's a soft spot in my heart for card games, so I like to try them when when they happen. And my buddy was playing it, so I was like, "Oh, I'll give it a try too," because um, I, I was kind of had a cold the other week, so I sat down and actually got into it a little bit. Um, it's kind of I I like those kind of games too because you can kind of multitask a little bit, yeah, because um, it's a turn based thing, so I can. I don't know, work on something else and play kind of play it in the background because there is yeah. a solo mode too. Like I have it up right now and while I'm, I'm doing this because I was just in the middle of a little like uh, playing against the computer, learn the different deck archetypes kind of solo mode. You unlock some cards that way. Um, so there is some solo play if that interests people too. That's but, cool, man. Um, I like it. Uh, that's how about, I got. That's all how I got. about you, Cole? What have you been doing? I've been playing video games. I love, I, you know, I'm a big fan, big fan yeah. of video games. Uh, I'm still playing Dragon Age Inquisition. I was actually playing that before I got on here. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. I know. How dare you? Uh, still really good. Still really liking it. Just uh, beat my first dragon um, earlier. Which uh, was a lot harder than I thought it would be. It, it, it's not like Skyrim; you didn't punch it to death. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm still really liking that. I, I have no idea how far into the game I am because I have been doing like every stupid side quest <laughs> that is available for some reason, and uh, I've also played a little bit of Trek to Yomi. I'm like. I just started the third, like, chapter, and there's six of them, so about halfway-ish, um, and I really like it. 
Um, Do you want to like explain what that game is a little bit? Nope. Because I don't. No. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. It's in black it's, and white. That's all that I know. It's basically if you ever wanted to like, if you thought like, you know what, I want to play a Kurosawa film, but in video game form. Hmm. That is what Trektiomi is. Um, I have never thought that, but. It's like all like these just like beautiful widescreen vistas. It it very much has like a like a Kurosawa kind of feel to it. Um, it's you're a um, samurai, I guess. Um, kind of you know you're, you're training with your sensei, and uh, bandits attack town, kill him. Later on, you go to avenge you know your 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 sensei and help the, I don't know, the lead, like his daughter who's now in charge, or maybe you're in charge, I don't know. Um, and you just fight guys pretty much one-on-one with, uh, it's it's very much like a, you, you know, have to uh, parry, you know, their incoming attacks, and though you don't really have to, uh, a lot of times I just like walk up and before they even go, I'm like, stab and <laughs> win. Um but you know you're you're following bandits as they're you know going through towns and pillaging them and you you know have to fight the big bosses at the end of the towns it's it's really good it's a incredibly beautiful game it feels like a movie um and uh it's apparently not all that long like 5 hours so yeah i i'm i'm digging it i i i'm going to play it um cuz i i watched the video like the the trailer of it. It looks really good. It looks like yeah. it's very pretty, very interesting. Like I said, it is in black and white, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I tried to play it the other day, and I literally got like two minutes into it. I'm like, no, this looks dumb. <laughs> just like I was in a like, do you ever get in like a bad gaming mood where you're just like, uh, I don't want to play anything. <laughs> I hate yep. games. This is stupid. <laughs> I just finished something stupid else. Stupid hobby. Yeah, I just finished playing something else. I'm gonna go so do was, pottery. Yeah, it was. I must have gone through like it was. It was when I was playing Guardians of the Galaxy, and I wanted to, like I can't. I couldn't play that on my TV, and uh, but I didn't want to like go to my computer. I was like, I'm, I want to be comfy and sit on my couch. And like I loaded yeah. up a bunch of games. I was like, I don't want to play any of these. They're all dumb. I'm gonna go, go sit on my computer and play Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. But yeah, it's it's a real good game. Yeah, no, nah, it looks good. Looks good. It's on Game Pass too. If you're yep. feeling experimental, give it a try. Uh, this week I beat uh, Life of Strange: True Colors. That game is just absolutely excellent. It's probably one of the best games I've played this year. Um, lots of fun, great graphics, really good story. Um, lots of twists and turns in the story. Like it, it was it, because it's episodic. Um, even though it wasn't released episodically. Um, they still kept to kind of the episode format, which I actually kind of like, actually, um, because each episode kind of resolves itself. But like any good TV show, whatever, they, they always like hook you to like get you into the next episode. Um, but I do kind of like a video game that's a little bit compartmentalized. Um, and I also kind of like a video game that I know... You know, I know there are five chapters. I know each chapter is like an hour and a half, two hours long. So I always kind of know where I am time-wise into that game. Uh, but just just really good. Like, really enjoyed it. Um, also on Game Pass, I'm actually kind of thinking of 
getting there's actually DLC for it that is not part of Game Pass that I might pick up. It's like 12, 13 bucks. I was like a prequel to the game, but just overall really really enjoyed it. Like if you've played any other Life of Strange games, I think you'd like it if you've if you enjoy like um uh what you call it uh Telltale game games, you probably like it. If you like kind of walking sims in general you'd probably kind of like it so i mean like i don't know i'm i'm really curious what the audience for a game like that is because in in my head i think that the like video game audience for that game is pretty small but then i look at like how much licensed music they got that it was one of the studios that that ubisoft didn't or not ubisoft that um uh square enix didn't sell um you know, like you, the the list of like developers and stuff is super long. Like they're putting a ton of money into those games. So I have to think that they make money back. And I mean, what? I mean, that's like the I don't know fifth or sixth game in that kind of like quote unquote series. Um, you know that that studio's made. So like they have to do okay, I guess. But I don't. I, I don't ever hear, like, this game sold a million copies or this game sold eight copies or, or anything. So they must... I wonder if they just, like, appeal to enough people that they just kind of kind of quietly get under the radar. They're all pretty high quality. They're all pretty, high, you know, well-reviewed. And people that like them just play them. So, I don't know. It's a good game, though. Go play it. Um, and then I kept meaning to play... I was going to try and get back to Weird West this week um, because I know Sniper Elite 5 is coming out tomorrow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Five. Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to play that when it came out, so I was like, I'll just play a little Weird West, and I like got busy all week, so I haven't actually played it yet. Um, apparently, or, uh, apparently, I picked like a really good game to come into on Sniper Elite Five, though, because all the early reviews are like, I don't know, this game is a lot like Sniper Elite Four. I'm like, well, I haven't played that, so <laughs> it's all. I mean, they're fresh all pretty much the same. <laughs> like, that's kind of what the early reviews are, though. Is they're like maybe. <laughs> We need something new at this point, so I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'm excited to try it. It comes out tomorrow morning, so I will be playing Sniper Elite 5, shooting some Nazis in the face tomorrow. Should be Nazis. good. Nazis. Uh, Patreon. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. You guys are all fantastic. Um, Colby was playing with my, my list of patrons earlier, so I'm going to have to try and vet each one of these to see if uh i was wondering i was wondering if, if we got a new patron or if it was a, we did it it was should read it i don't think i will read that one out loud well is he is he paying monthly yeah if you want to give me 10 bucks a month call to become a producer level patron <laughs> then we'll read your name slash bite me podcast you can put whatever name you want in it and i'll read it um but it's gonna cost you <laughs> I can see gears turning in Colby's face right now. He's like, how bad of a name yeah, can I make like, Cliff I, say for $10 a month? <laughs> I can then just like take that audio. and <laughs> Colby's going to get me canceled. Anyway, big shout out to John Tippins, Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, not that one, Joe Cole Jr., Anonymous, and Rich Deacon for their patron uh, Patreon support for us at a producer level. Uh, we've got three, five, one, three, seven, ten dollars. I don't know. There's tiers. There, there are some super cheap tiers and some expensive tiers. The expensive tiers for the price of a cup of coffee. 
Um, whether it's a dollar coffee you get at McDonald's or a three dollar coffee that you get at Starbucks or a seven dollar coffee you can get, get a three dollar coffee. Yeah, at I Starbucks, want to know what coffee you? that is. Like maybe like, you just like, get like plain a black. Coffee, yeah, yeah. yeah. A seven dollar coffee you get it also at Starbucks, place, <laughs> or a ten dollar coffee you get at your very local, you know, hoity-toity place. You could be sponsoring me. You shouldn't buy ten dollar coffee. Just like Dixon Butts. Oh man, <laughs> uh, he said it. <laughs> you you should not buy ten dollar coffee. That's what I'm going to say. What like, if it's really good coffee? Do you remember in Pulp Fiction when they made a big deal out of a $10 milkshake? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I... Have you ever ordered one of those, like, milkshakes that come with, like, a piece of cake on top kind of milkshakes? No. I've never had one. No. I bought one. We we went to the... There's a place at Disneyland. I don't remember what it's called. And had them. And, like, the experience of being served a shake with a piece of cake on top or whatever is kind of interesting but it doesn't make for a very good shake because the time you get through the cake like the shakes melted i'm like hmm, this shake was 17 dollars. i don't know if that's worthwhile i don't i don't know what's the best coffee you've ever had colby um i kind of like when i take my pre-made iced coffee starbucks that i bought at target and mix it with coffee mate creamer that is pretty good. I actually really do like that that pre made Starbucks cold coffee. Yeah, I'm, I, like I I don't I don't think I've really ever had like good coffee anywhere. Um, I've had exceptionally good coffee a couple of times, and I'm never really prepared for it. It it's just like you go into a coffee shop, you don't really know if it's anything special, and it's like, oh, this is actually exceptionally good. But and I, I, I also s- don't know where that is. Like it, this has happened sporadically. So, like, other than, like, I don't know, maybe when I've gone to breakfast, I think the last time I got, like, coffee from somewhere was probably not in this decade. (laughs) So. I get Starbucks every once in a while. Um, I'm a a millennial, and I've cut out avocado toast. I've cut out Starbucks. Do you have a house yet? I don't own a house, and I'm barely making rent. That's a a real bummer, man. (laughs) I don't like LaCroix. I I don't know where all my money's going. Someone who's LaCroix? It's it's the $3,000 in candles. Someone who's good (laughs) with finances, please help. The best coffee I've ever had is at Storyville in uh, Seattle. Um, If you're ever at Pike Place, it's kind of like... I don't know. You have to like go up some. I've weird been there stairs. with you. Yeah, they had good coffee. I didn't order anything. That was a mistake. Mm. Yeah, probably the best coffee I've ever had. It's 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 expensive and you don't get much of it, <laughs> but it was very good. I need to try Blue Copper. I think it is here. I've heard that they have exceptionally good coffee. I think the 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 real problem with like liking really good coffee is all of a sudden like life becomes more expensive and more difficult. Like I don't actually want to expose myself to great coffee because I, then I'll be like, oh, this crap that comes in my Keurig is awful. Whereas now I'm like, I don't know, put a bunch of creamer in it, tastes fine. Like I, I don't, I don't need to get any more frou frou with my coffee. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about some some other stuff, Dylan. You want to help us talk about other stuff? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, one moment. Just Patreon, kidding. Patreon.com slash Might Podcast. Dylan. News. All right. Uh, this is actually pretty pretty good news. Uh, Raven Software, the which is uh, a subsidiary, I guess you could say, of uh, 
Activision Blizzard has been trying to uh, become a union now for, oh, I don't know, three months probably. Um, if you remember, we've talked about this before, but uh, essentially Activision Blizzard said, hey, we're going to give about three quarters of the people at uh, Raven Software in their QA department specifically um, raises and we're going to lay everyone else off. And Raven Software said, what? No. Um, and so they've been trying to form a union ever since then. And uh, just last, I think earlier this week, actually, uh, the Raven Software QA team uh, successfully created a union uh, as part of the Game Workers Alliance, which makes them the first uh, recognized union uh, for a video game company in the United States. There are a number of uh, other video game companies in other countries that have done this, but this is actually the first in the United States, um, which is really, really, really good news. It's about the only way I think that um, video game companies are going to start treating their employees fairly um, from a monetary standpoint, from a not just randomly laying people off standpoint, from a um, contract equality standpoint, um, for the way they pay people and and uh, like gender gender pay gaps and um, you know and other things like the terrible sexual harassment that you see and and other harassment that happens at video game uh, companies. I think that unions are probably the only way those are going to actually get dealt with because God knows a company wouldn't do that on their own. Um, an Activision Blizzard spokesman uh, in reaction to the vote said, we respect and believe in the right of all employees to decide whether or not to support or vote for a union. We believe that an important decision that will impact the entire Raven software studio of roughly 350 people should not be made by 19 Raven employees though. So um, I, I, what I, I, I don't know if, do you do you know Cole? Like I'm I'm not sure. Does the company actually have to recognize that union or? Uh, I think so. I'm I'm not a hundred percent up on my union law. I know that you know they are now officially a union. I, I believe what happens now is probably the union negotiates with Activision Blizzard for recognition and for. Um, the rights that the the people in the union want to have. Um, the, the vote was actually pretty good, though. It was 24 people in that department um, and 21 voted in favor of. So that's actually, that's actually pretty great. Um, you'll be shocked to find out that in other related news, um, Activision Blizzard has, uh, is being, uh, not, not sued exactly, but they are, uh, being, they were they were officially uh, a member of a complaint from uh, the National Labor Relations Board saying that Activision Blizzard illegally threatened staff around the formation of a union. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they uh, told uh, that the employee ha the employer has threatened employees that they cannot talk about or communicate about wages, hours, and working conditions. They also told employees they cannot communicate with or discuss ongoing investigation of wages, hours, and working conditions. Maintained, they maintained an overly broad social media policy and enforced the social media policy against employees who have engaged in protected uh, union activities. They threatened or disciplined employees on account of protected union activity. They engaged in the surveillance of employees engaged in protected union activities and engaged in the interrogation of employees about protected union activities. Um, 
the good news is is that the National Labor Relations Board can't actually really do anything. They can just say like, hey, y'all, you should not be doing that. They can't like find them, I don't think. I don't think they can. It's a, it's a, it's a labor board with a very, very short stick. So uh, I don't know. I, that doesn't seem great to me. But I, I think they can Fine. they can take them to court um, is about it. Um, Activision Blizzard said these allegations are false. Employees mm-hmm. may and do talk freely about these workplace issues without retaliation. And our social media policy expressly incorporates employees NLR, NLRA rights, they stated. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the NLRB uh, declined to comment on their comment. So I don't, I don't know. Um it is what it is, but you know, congrats to the folks at Raven for uh, for actually managing to. I mean, I I don't know if I can state how big of a deal it is that that was actually successful. Like the odds at happening were very, very, very low. Um, Blizzard is a huge company. Um, I don't I don't know specifically like what Blizzard spent in order to make that this didn't happen, but I, I read an article yesterday that uh, Amazon spent four point six million dollars last year. Um, essentially hiring PR firms to fight against union activity at Amazon. So like it's it's not nothing. Um it's a it's essentially nineteen people against a massive multi billion dollar company. So that's uh that's a pretty big deal and hopefully hopefully we'll see that. I mean we've seen with Amazon that that's kind of dominoed a little bit. Like you know, one Amazon place did it and now a bunch more are talking about it. Um, there's something like, I think 50 Starbucks right now that are in the uh, process of looking into unions. There's a number of Apple stores that are in the process of looking into unions. So hopefully what we'll see is that activity spread to, uh, to other, uh, other software developers as well. Uh, can we unionize the podcast? I I think we could. Um, Sweet. Do you want to? Do you want to just vote right now? <laughs> or any of his management? I, I'm not really sure how that works. No. Well, then, yeah, no. yeah. I'm in favor. Are you in favor, Call? Yeah. How about you, Dylan? You in favor? I mean, it doesn't matter now because you already lost. So. <laughs> do I get insurance? No. <laughs> there are no benefits. And if you strike, I just go like well, I don't know. I'll find a scab, I guess. But <laughs> I, Hans comes in. I'm like son of a bitch. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the country of Saudi Arabia now owns five point zero one percent of Nintendo. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Um, you, you, we've talked about this really recently when Saudi Arabia also bought uh, like a majority. I want to say ninety percent of SNK. Um, Saudi Arabia, although. An ally they haven't done anything bad recently, have they? <laughs> of the United States. Uh, you know, it does have a history of doing things like, I don't know, murdering journalists and cutting up their bodies and sneaking Our them out of embassies. Our tend to uh, <laughs> kind of be doing that lately. Uh, it's not great. And, uh, you know, you could look at this investment as one side. Um, what, what, what the official line is, is that Saudi Arabia is trying to invest in... Uh, 
things outside of oil um, in order to diversify their investment portfolio. Or you could read it as a lot of people do, as Saudi Arabia is trying to buy up entertainment properties that people love in order to make Saudi Arabia less look less terrible than they do a lot of the times when they're doing terrible things. So I'll let you choose. You pick whichever one makes you feel better. Um, but also remember that they also own a bunch of Take-Two, a bunch of EA, a bunch of Actors and Blizzard, like I said, all of SNK. So, yay! Yay! <sighs> all right, Dylan, here's the good news. Marvel Snap. This is not out yet. Uh, but it is a CCG from... Uh, uh, do you know who Bren Brody is? I don't know who he is, but he was apparently a uh, the former director of Hearthstone. Does that ring a bell? You're you're muted, muted, sir. I unmuted myself. Dang it, <laughs> Ben Brody. Um, anything to you? No, that's all right. Um, you said his name was Bren, and I was going to ask about that, but now you say Ben. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I did say Bren name. the first time, though, so that's okay. that's just my inability to read uh, coming up. Um, what interests me about this is that it's a, it's like a kind of Hearthstone-esque game, um, but the matches only last three, like three minutes each, so it's like super snappy. Um, and I don't know, maybe tell me, Dylan, how's long, how long do you think it's a Hearthstone match runs? <laughs> I mean, I've seen you playing before, five, ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty limited just because it, it there is a, I don't know. I guess it can last for a long time. It's, yeah. There's no, like, time limit. It depends what... It depends how I good you are, how good they are. you're playing, right? Um, yeah, they, it's been a while since I've yeah, played no, I off my head, but... Yeah, apparently, though, the, the way this works is um, most games are only going to last about three minutes. Um, there is no turns. Players play simultaneously. Um, and you have a, a pretty limited deck. There's only 12 cards in a deck at a given time. But you play at different locations, um, and the location can impact strategy. Um, but it's all based around Marvel, too. So there's going to be 150 different Marvel cards with heroes and villains and variants and, and all that kind of stuff. Um it's going to it's it's mobile first, um, but is not going to only be mobile. So it'll be on Android and uh, I think Android first, and then Apple to follow in like the next couple of months. And then I think it'll probably end up in other places uh, after that PC and console. So I don't know. I'm kind of interested in a in a card game that it, I like the kind of low stakes nature of that. That seems like a great thing where you could just be like, I'm going to play a game in between doing something and it lasts three minutes and then you're done, you know, like it's not, it's not 10 or 15 minutes. It's yeah. like just in and out and you're done. Like that I like was, the idea of a, a very fast playing game like that. Cause yeah. Right. There are times you're like, Oh, I'll squeeze a game in and you realize, Oh man, this one's going to go long. Like, and you're like trying to like still play, but pay attention to what <laughs> <laughs> like you should be paying attention to. I, I think there's something to be said too, to like, I think I would improve a lot better if I could just play a bunch of games really fast. Like, you could play 20 games in an hour, you know, um, and get a lot of experience in really quickly. That's something I always liked about Rocket League is you could literally sit down at Rocket League and probably the longest you were going to play is like 8 or 10 minutes. And so you could iterate through a ton of games really quickly um, and and get a lot of a lot of learning in. So Marvel Snap, coming soon. It sounds it sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm excited to try that. I, I kind of like the Marvel Universe, too. So... 
Nothing wrong there. Uh, Steam Decks. Like I said, I'm getting one of those on Sunday. I'm exceptionally excited. So I should have a kind of full rundown on the Steam Deck um, probably next week. Um, it's a it's a three-day weekend this week, so hopefully I'll have a lot of time to play with it and, uh, and see kind of how that works. Um, the kind of cool thing about the Steam Deck that was just released is that iFixit, the folks who sell um, parts for, I think a lot of cell phones, that kind of stuff, are, are the official vendor for Steam Deck stuff as well. Um, and it looks like you can replace like almost everything on this, like literally to the point of where you could actually almost build a complete one just from spare parts. Um, they're not available yet, but they will be soon. Um, so if you bought the cheaper Steam Deck, in theory, you could actually upgrade to the better... Um, like the better glass on the front if you wanted to tear your Steam Deck all the way apart. Or if you want to, uh, you know, if your processor dies, you can literally replace the motherboard and processor in this thing. So, you know, it's it's a it's a bit of an investment to, you know, pay 500 or 600, 700 bucks for a, uh, a Steam Deck. So it's kind of nice to know that not only would you be able to, you know, user service that yourself, but it also means that... Um, if you don't want to tear apart your own Steam Deck and, and try and fix it, that you'll be able to take it to someone who will be able to get official parts and official instructions on how to do it um, and do that for you. So, you know, if, if it ends up having stick drift, you can have your sticks fixed. It's, you know, you're buying a $500, you know, little teeny laptop that you'll actually be able to repair. Um, the complete list of parts is, is very, very long and extensive. So that is uh, a pretty... Pretty cool thing for folks getting a Steam Deck. All right, last last news of the day. So, Colby got real excited all of a sudden. His eyes were huge, huge. Uh, we're talking about NBC reportedly <laughs> merging with EA. I suppose EA probably merging with NBC. Um, and this is apparently pretty recently. And, and apparently what kind of broke it up. So remember that NBC is also, does Comcast own NBC or does NBC own Comcast or are they one company now or? I have no idea. Anyway, somewhere in that corporate trench, um, NBC and Comcast are, are the same company maybe. Um, and a apparently as recently as March, um, they were talking about merging and apparently it just kind of fell apart when they couldn't figure out like how much the merger would be worth and who would own what and so on and so forth. But uh, apparently EA was like, well, if they don't want us, we're just going to start talking to other companies. And so here's, here's in addition to Comcast, NBC Universal, because don't forget that NBC also owns Universal because that's the hellscape we live in now. They also talked to Disney Apple and Amazon. Huh. And it's going to be awesome in 10 years when just like three companies exist. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I think the thing is, is when, when like kind of the initial like consolidation of video game companies kind of started to happen. I was like, oh, like this is, this is kind of all right. You know, like the, the Microsoft Bethesda thing. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I guess that's cool. And then, like, Microsoft bought, uh, you know, buys Activision Blizzard. And I'm like, well, I guess that's cool. 
and now like Sony's buying all these companies, like Ubisoft's trying to go private so they won't get bought out. Um, you know, Square Enix gets sold. Um to like I don't know I embracer groups weird to me they just feel like a like a I don't know like maybe that Mitt Romney has invested in them yeah, heavily I was gonna I was gonna say is embracer group uh what are those called I don't think like BlackRock yeah I don't uh, think inv- so I think they are actually like a real company <laughs> but they feel like a yeah one of those investment kind of things what it, yeah um but like. At what point in time are, you know, are, are literally there going to be four video game companies and one of them, oddly enough, is going to be owned by NBC? <laughs> like, that, that yeah. just seems not great. And, like, there's part of me that's like, well, you know, EA and Disney makes sense. Like, EA already has the, the Star Wars license, kind of. Like, maybe they could do better things together, but I don't know. They're a holding company, yeah. which is a company whose primary business is holding a controlling interest in the securities of other companies. Oh, is that really what they are? Yep. That, They're a video game and media holding company. That doesn't seem great. <laughs> nah. I don't know. I just, I, I really worry. I really worry about the consolidation of IP into some of these things. Uh, you know, and and on one hand, like I'm kind of interested in the idea that like Embracer Group might do some cool things with. Was it Embracer Group that bought them, or was it the other one that bought them? There's bought who? Sorry, Embracer Group bought the Square Enix stuff, right? I or is it think or is it that so? other company that used to be T? I don't know. THQ, THQ. Is, is that's owned by Embracer. Okay, Group. perfect. So good. Um, and like on one hand, I'm I'm excited about Embracer Group saying like, "Hey, we want to like do all sorts of cool spinoffs and remasters and stuff for for Tomb Raider and you know new things." And I, I think if any of these people were like, "Hey, we just we have these license, let's play with it," I'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Like maybe we'll see some really new, interesting, unique things." But when I read about EA being like EA is already kind of a meh company, and when I hear about them being bought by like, I'm a huge Disney fan. I really am. But Disney doesn't have any idea what to do with video games. Like, they've they've Ooh. screwed up more video games than I even care to think about. Um, and, like, Apple? Like, that seems like a, an absolutely even worse idea. And Amazon, like, just seems like... It's like when Netflix bought all those game companies. I'm like, <laughs> really? Really? I don't know. Moonlighter's coming to Amazon soon. The video game thing. Which I guess, whatever. I, I do like Moonlighter. I I just worry about I, I guess the thing is is when I look at why Disney can't make video games, it's because Disney has such a like iron fist on what you can do and say and whatever about their IPs. And I worry that 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 doesn't make for good video games. Like creativity and the ability to do weird stuff and try out wacky. I mean, like the John Wick game is is absolutely fascinating to me. That's like the, the every once in a while when someone's like, "What's a weird wacky thing?" I'm like, the John Wick game, which is a multi hundreds of million, probably billion dollar franchise at this point. Um, and they made like a weird turn based fighting game by a the same developer that made um oh shoot what's the one where you're like a little teeny block with a name um and you like hop into different spaces and you become a bigger block and uh it like there's an english voiceover 
Oh yeah, it's not you. It's uh, I can't remember. You know, you know what I'm talking about, though. I, I mean, we yeah. can find this out. Let's see, John. Nope. Wick. <laughs> Wick. Video game is made by Good Show. Oh, Bithel. Yeah, so it's made by Mike Bithel, and Bithel Games makes. Uh, oh, what's the name of this? Come on, help me out here. Thomas was alone. <laughs> like there we the go. The John Wick Hex game is made by the same people who made Thomas was alone and the solitaire conspiracy. <laughs> like how how does that happen? But that's what I want to see with these these IPs. I want to see them make weird, small, strange things and not, you know. I, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy sells 12 million copies or something, and they're like, wow, that would sure be awesome if that was enough. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess the thing is, is Guardians of the Galaxy was a great game, but it didn't need to be 20 hours long either. Like, they probably could have told that same story in eight, and it would have been just as great, and maybe they would only have to sell three million copies or they could have made five guardians of the galaxy and they could have collectively sold i don't know i just it worries me a little bit and like i think i'm a little late to the getting worried about things stage in the consolidation of the video game industry but it really does seem like maybe that's not great i don't know we'll see we will see all right you guys ready for questions Woo. Oh, yeah. There is no question from Vinny, so no one has to do an impression of anyone. Uh, Monotone Screaming wants to know, do you have a favorite, like, time period for games to be set in? Um, like World War II or the future or medieval times? Um, I would like all my games to be set at medieval times, not, like, in the past, but at the yeah, fake but... Renaissance. Um... At a Renaissance fair. No, 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 no. Literally medieval times, like the restaurant that has jousting. Oh, right. <laughs> nice. Could we make a video game set at medieval times? What would that... So, you're... <laughs> is it Randy Pitchford? <laughs> you're Randy Pitchford. <laughs> You've taken a USB drive that has... Uh, Questionable material yes, on pornography it. Pornography of one type or another. <laughs> You've lost it at medieval Magic. times and you need to find Oh man. That can actually be like a really It's like a walking sim. Like a walking sim <laughs> or like a really good like point and click adventure game. <laughs> I kinda wanna make this game now. Randy Pitchard find trying to find a lost USB drive at at uh, medieval times. You heard, put it on itch.io. You heard it here first, folks. This, <laughs> it is a South Park episode. It absolutely like, could be a South Park episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, guys? Do you have a favorite time period for video games? Not. I don't know if I do. Yeah, I don't think I do have a favorite time period. I've got, like, favorite settings. Like, I really like kind of, um, like, Skyrim outdoorsy, yeah. you know, kind of things. But I don't know if I have, like, a time period. I think I think the thing is I want to say, like, Old West. But yeah, but what I, I think too, that means is I just want to play more Red Dead. <laughs> yeah. I want more Western video games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the thing is, is that I, what I, in my head, what I want to say is I, I like games set in the Old West, 
But like really, like I'm like, I tried Weird West. It's pretty good, but like not 100% my thing. And just the setting didn't make it better necessarily. Yeah. You know, I tried, what was that game you kind of liked that was like a roguelike set in the Old West? Oh, um. Like Ron Perlman did a voice in it maybe? Yeah, yeah. I own it. Yeah. You would think I could remember. That game. Uh, um, but I didn't really like that, even though it was set in the Old West. I think really what I just want is another Red Dead game. Maybe what I want is like more open world cowboy games. Like maybe they don't have to be Red Dead, but like an, an open world. I, I want them to West of Dead. I want them to um, remake Gun. Yeah, Gun was a solid game. Like I think I could enjoy like a uh, like a even Assassin's Creed set in the Old West. Like I think that'd be West, fine. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, our deacon has two questions. He says, if you start a game nope. and get to a point where you can't get past a certain point, uh, turn off the game and later, and it was really easy. Like, so get to a game, get to a hard part, go like, ah, can't beat this, and then come back later and then just breeze through that hard part. Have you, have you done that before? Yes. Oh, all the time. <laughs> Same. Yep. What, do you, what do you think it is? Is it is it that you get to a point and you, like, start tilting yourself? and so you, Yeah, you're you in your own head. Yeah. Like... Or it's like, I think sometimes you're just doing something wrong. Yeah. Like you're insisting that this is the way to beat it and you realize it's actually not. And yeah. you come back with fresh eyes and you're like, oh. You're not so locked into that, that right. way of doing things. Yeah. No, I, I'm i hoping that by doing this, he means what he did is he finally beat the the last boss in Death's Door because I know he was bumping into <laughs> the, the last boss. And- God, that last boss sucks so bad. <laughs> Like, I, I, you know, like, I had a little bit of difficulty with the other bosses. That last boss, like, the checkpoints are bad. It's real difficult. It, it like, I did not like that last boss. I gotta say, that is something I've run into. It, it seems like something that had been getting better for a long time. And then lately, I've run into quite a few games where I've had to replay a section of it multiple times. And they've, like, gotten back into their, like, well, hey, we're going to throw a little cutscene before you have to uh-huh. play this boss. Or, you know, there's going to be, you know, the boss giving a little soliloquy beforehand. and Or, you know, like, bad checkpoints. And it seemed like something that yeah. was getting better for a while. And that now with, like, auto saves and so it's getting a little worse. Um, yeah. I, I will actually say that I think I've run into games with bad save schemes a number of times recently. Um, Life is Strange, True Colors was actually that way, where it was like really hard to tell where you'd saved. And and for the most part, that was okay because you didn't have to redo much. Um, with the exception of um, part of the like, part of the gameplay in that game is you are both on like the town's like next door neighbor kind of board, um, but with a lot, lot, lot less nimbies and racists. Um, I'm not gonna say none, but less. Um, and also like you get text messages from your friends. And so sometimes you like read all, a lot of times I'd like finish something and then like go in and read all my text messages and my next door neighbor posts and then go like, okay, well I gotta, I gotta finish today. And then like go back into the game and realize that there was no save point after I read those. And so I'd have to go in and read all my text, not read them necessarily, but at least unmark them as not read, which was kind of a, a pain. I, I swear the, the best, 
the best game I've played lately is Guardians of the Galaxy in that every time it saved, it started a counter on the pause screen. So anytime you want to know when your last save was, you could just hit pause and it would say, oh, your last save is 30 seconds ago. So you would know if you could just go like, oh, I haven't done anything in the last 30 seconds or get to the next point where it, it started counting on again. I thought that was just so smart. Such an easy thing to implement. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's super hard. I don't have any idea. But such a, a nice like quality of life thing. So... All right, next question is, uh, what type of soup, well, you know, his, his question is, what type of soup do you like better, cream or broth-based? I would take that a step further. Uh, what is what is your favorite soup? Do you have a favorite soup? Does yeah. chowder or curry count? I mean, I think chowder is definitely <laughs> a soup. Um, I don't I don't think chowder. curry is a soup. Why not? Well, would you put a bowl of, well... Yeah. I guess you do eat a bowl of curry. Curry's yeah, I eat it kind of the same way. You can pour soup over rice too. So yeah, curry, curry seems like like an edge case for soup. I mean, we're getting we're getting to our hot dog. That's what I was gonna say. Sandwich. It really feels like yes. a, our hot dog sandwiches and hot dogs. I mean, what else, I don't know what else they'd be. They're kind of like sandwiches. They're, They're just dogs. a sandwich as a burgers like a, i don't know if i would call buns. a burger a sandwich either it, well what's a chicken sandwich uh, just a burger a sandwich for some reason <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't i don't i don't claim to understand but yeah i sure curry make <laughs> curry can be a soup dylan what's your favorite kind of curry all of it all of curry. <laughs> all the curries yeah that's fair what about you cole what's your favorite kind of kind of soup um, so Bambara in Salt Lake has a, what type of, I'm, I'm desperately trying to find it. I will tell you, I like broccoli cheese soup a lot. Um, there's a place in Utah called, um, Zoom, Zumba's? Is that right? Zuma's? Supas. I'm trying to, one's Supas. an exercise and one's and a soup and salad. It's <laughs> not just in Utah. It's a, it's a fairly big chain. No, it, well, it started in Utah. Did yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, is it Zumas or Zumbas? Zupas. Zupas. There we go. Mm. Has a really good um, tomato bisque. Um, Ooh, they, bisque. They, yeah, they put. Uh, it's like a tomato-based soup that they put. Um, you can get them to add little um, little noodles too. It's really good. So noodles, nudes, hot nudes, hot nudes. Exactly. The uh, roasted corn bisque soup at uh, Bambara. Oh, that, you know, I do like a good corn chowder, man. You can't eat this. That's fine. It has crab in I it. I wouldn't want to eat it because it has crab in it. But uh, You don't taste the crab at all. It is so good. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, do, I do like a good... A good crab, though, or a good uh, tomato. Or <laughs> Cliff likes a good crab. Do like a good crab. No, I like a, a good uh, corn chowder. That's that's yeah. good stuff. Uh, apparently, the furthest east uh, Zupas goes is is Illinois. So I, I will oh, Ohio a little further. I'm not that far from when I go to Ohio. And get Ohio, one. good stuff though. Good stuff. Um, let's see. Next question is from Prime Fan. He says, uh, "I don't think any of us actually none of you have actually played the the new Overwatch beta yet, correct?" Nope. I didn't know it existed. It does. Um. So Overwatch is switching from a 5v5 to uh, instead of 6v6. What are, what are your thoughts on that, if you have thoughts? 
I have thought about it. It's been a while since I thought about it. I think it's a really weird choice. Um, just because, like, I don't know. Like, you you made a, a game and now you're just, like, massively shifting what it is yeah. on this, like, weird fake sequel. It changes um, a lot in a weird yeah. way. Um, it's hard to say until I actually, like, see or, like, but, I mean, it can do a lot of things. Like, I don't know. Six might just be too many players on each side to overcomplicate metas and, and things, for example. Um, and by limiting your number of choices, that kind of might, I don't know, make for better gameplay experiences. Just like when you have six, you can have like the two damage rolls, the two tank rolls, the two healer rolls, but it fills out really easily, like to distribute that way. Or, of course, you can permute that however you want but maybe with five it just means that i don't know tanks might be more or less important or and i don't know what they've decided why they've decided to do this um overall i just think it's kind of a weird thing to do yeah um just because like overwatch was a 6v6 team shooter like so for overwatch 2 to be a five person team shooter is just I don't know weird it is um i I, i'm trying to remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not but hans and i talked about it um a while ago so we may have been talked we may have talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast but for me like the 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 one thing i'm i'm interested in with a 5v5 is that oftentimes because i'm not a very good overwatch player and i'm not a very uh consistent or like constant overwatch player jumping in and there being 6v6 is really overwhelming um there's so much happening at any one time that it seems like removing a little bit of that distraction maybe would make it easier for me to just jump in um but i'm also like absolutely not the target audience for that game so maybe that's a bad thing (laughs) yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all either, though. Um, I mean, I definitely. I mean, we look at a lot of other games, like I don't know, League of Legends, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's five v five, Dota five v five. Like maybe that number is kind of a magic number, um, and maybe that's something they kind of found um, with having that extra player on the team. Maybe ended up overcomplicating. I don't know whatever um they had in mind right like oh we thought this was going to be smoother but with all these choices people can really exploit different compositions which ultimately then they ended up changing the composition structure to force people into roles where you had to have two of each role which i ultimately dislike that idea I don't dislike it in the sense that maybe it does help the game, but I would like to live in a world where I can play a game and be free to pick whatever I want because we just work together as a team. But I understand that it's just not how it is. And of course, if you're playing with your friends and you're trying to work together and actually build a competition and I guess at the same time, it also limits creativity in the team compositions. Like maybe we want to run an all tank build. Why can't we do that? Like, so, but maybe with five, it fixes that by, I don't know, maybe maybe it allows more freedom because 
without that extra player, people maybe have to, to, I don't know, distribute those roles differently. And I don't know if we're going to see different, different characters. Like, I don't know what to expect yet with Overwatch 2 because yeah, I really yeah. don't know a lot about it yet. But um, I think it'd be interesting to see, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you don't have any Overwatch thoughts, do you, Cole? Um, he hates it. I, I have no opinion <laughs> on Overwatch. LNS wants to know, how important is the soundtrack or sound engineering of a game for you? Can the audio make or break a game for you? Or will you just mute a poorly sound design game and continue to play it? Um, I think good sound design stands out, but bad sound design or soundtrack, I don't really notice as yeah, much. Yeah, in the same way. I, uh, when a, when a game has like just a bopping soundtrack or like really good, like audio interaction or, you know, good grunts or good chatter or anything like it, it really stands out. Um, and when it's bad, I don't particularly notice it. Although I, you know, I will say that I, I never purposely play a game without sound, but I do, um, like when I'm watching TV, I sometimes play video games, which seems like the worst way to do both of those things, honestly, but you know, whatever. Um, and I do find that there are some games that I will not play that way because I, the sound matters too much. Um, like this week, I actually quite a few times was thinking about playing Life is Strange and that game's such a story driven, like, like not only is it really story driven, so hearing the characters talk, it would be like, I mean, like, could you watch a TV show and mute it and just read the subtitles? Yeah, absolutely. But does that make like the television experience worse? Like for the most part, probably. Um, and so I was kind of like, I don't want to do that. And, and that game also has, um, like, music plays a really important role in that game. So I didn't want to. Um, but then, like, what was that shark game? Manhunt? Like, Man Manhunter? Mm, Manhunter? Yeah. Like, I played 70% of that game with no audio, and it didn't really matter at all. Um, because that game's not about that. Um, I will say, the, the only thing that really bugs me is when games have super repetitive... Um, like fighting noises. Um, that's not even right. But like, especially in a in a game where you're controlling multiple people, or there's multiple people on your team, when they use the same three can lines, yeah, over, over and over and over and over again. Like, I would rather have them talk less and have them. Do, like Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those games, and the only reason, the only thing that redeemed Guardians of the Galaxy is most of the time. It was one of your computer-controlled characters trying to get your attention to do something they needed you to do. It would be, you know, hey, over here, let's do this. And so if you if you ignored them or weren't paying attention or didn't understand what they were trying to say, they would just keep telling you over and over and over. But they had a lot of repetitive just chatter, too. And it was like, game characters don't need to be talking all the damn time, do they? Um but man, like a good soundtrack can just make a game. Um, when I was playing, uh, oh man, what game was that? Um, you and I both beat it pretty recently, Cole. Um, we played parts of it. What type of game is it? Kind of it's a video game. Kind of Zelda-y. It was, it was that one where you had um, different... Um, like you know, you'd unlock the the vampire and the mermaid and the egg and the 
Oh, nobody saves nobody the saves world. the world. Yeah, like that game had just a great soundtrack, and I found myself just yeah. like humming that. Like when I wasn't playing that, like while I was playing that game, I was listening to the soundtrack all the time. Um, so to me, that can be a really strong thing. Or like, I mean, I only played. Um, oh man, I'm having a bad brain day today. Um, the Austin Winery game where you're a underwater swimming cat. Abzu. Like, I only played... I mean, that game's three and a half hours long, and I listened to... Wait, you were a cat? Like a robot cat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, that game is very short, and I listen to that soundtrack all the time now. So, like, a good soundtrack can be really, really great. I mean, I listen to... I, the uh, Ben Prunty, who's a, a, a composer, I mean, like, he did the music for... Um, I'm just going to stop now. He writes a lot of music. Um, I listen to his music almost every day while I work. Like just, I've, he's got a, like a, on Spotify, he's got like the Ben Prunty chill playlist. And that's just what I work to all day, eight hours a day. So it, it can make a big difference. Anyway, I'll stop talking now. How about you guys? What do you think about soundtracks and sound design? I already said mine. What do you think, Dylan? I mean, I think I agree with most, most points there. Um, I think there are some games that just do have exceptional soundtracks. There's a few games that I've actually listened to the soundtrack, not while playing the game. That's very few. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the same way I think movie soundtracks can be very memorable, yeah. I guess. We used like, to we used to rock the Doom 2016 soundtrack. Yeah. That was pretty it's I hear people every once in a while saying, like, this is a good podcast game. It's, like, a good game to put on and listen to a podcast while you play it. And I I don't know if I've ever found that game for me. <laughs> like, I yeah. I have such a... I don't know. Is that a, is that a kind of, like, a backhanded compliment? Well, I think it's, it's like, really, like, this game's <laughs> grindy. And so, right. you know, like, Destiny 2 could probably be a, a podcast game where, like, I'm just going to run this strike over and over and over again to get this gun. And, like, I know all the audio cues. I know everything, you know, I know what's going to happen. So I don't need to listen to the soundtrack. But to me, like, that just seems like, like, it seems weirder to be playing a video game that you know the audio so well that you can not listen to it and listen to a podcast. It seems weirder to do that than for me to play video games and watch TV at the same time for some reason. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. They're they're functionally the same thing, but whatever. Uh, QWERTY HJKL1234 says, what is a game with a really uh, good or interesting idea that was executed really badly? Um, or vice versa, a game with a really terrible idea that was executed really well. <laughs> I like the idea of a game that has just a terrible idea, but they just absolutely made the it most so of it. so good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's almost like a game that you just really wouldn't expect would be all that fun. But it was just like, I don't know, just... It is just super fun. I don't know, like maybe the Burger King games, for example. That's absolutely um, all three of those games should not be awesome. Um, one of them is the premise is dressing up like the king and sneaking into people's houses, and that sounds like a terrible idea on paper, but it is pretty fantastic. So I uh, I would say that Peggle is a game that like bats way higher than what it should because I mean like literally that is just a weird game where you kind of what what's what's the what's the like carnival game where you drop like a thing through it is like kind of bounces off different stuff bounce plinko plinko like it's it's like 
it's like a, a slightly like more uh, interactive f- form of Plinko. And damn, I will play Peggle all day long for no apparent reason. <laughs> like that game is real good. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a really, a really good game that was implemented badly. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything on that. There's got to be something though, right? Like a game that I, I know there are games that I've. I think the thing is, is for me, like, so often that would be a game that I was, like, super interested in, and then the mechanics of it kind of got, like, like Tunic was almost that game for me, where I was so excited about looking at Tunic and how, you know, Tunic was super cute, and it was very, like, Zelda-y, and then it, like, they added in, like, all these Souls-like stuff that I did not like, um... Uh, not Ashen... Maybe it was Ashen? It was kind of the same way, like, I loved the idea... Uh, I think it was Ashen. I might be wrong, though. Um, I like the idea of, like, you going out and finishing quests and that helped, like, build the city that you were settling. And uh, I like the exploration of it. But again, it was um, a Souls-like game. And because I don't like those kind of games, it kind of ruined the things I did like about that. Um, Prey was kind of the same way, where, like, I wanted to explore, like, this cool, weird <coughs> sci-fi universe with these monsters that can turn into anything and they just kind of like ruined it by making it a lot of shooting that I and sneaking that I didn't enjoy. So so maybe the the actual answer is like weird game you know, great games with executed badly is maybe just executed in ways I don't like. So yeah. Breath of the Wild. D- yeah, I was gonna say Breath, of the, Breath Wild, of the Wild. Yeah, absolutely. Like cool like I mean game that historically everyone I think all three should of us be, love those. Yeah. Should be my favorite game isn't at all. I would say um, Mario Odyssey was kind of the same way for me, too. Like, I really like the idea of 3D Marios, or at least I like the idea of the idea of 3D Marios. And I found that game to be exceptionally repetitive and boring. The boss battles were boring. Um, A lot of the levels were really boring. So, I don't know. Any any other last thoughts? Cheap free game time, boyos. Uh, Epic Games, free mystery game this week. Yay! Like I said, last week is Borderlands 3, so that's kind of the, I guess, caliber of games, I guess you could say, we're doing. Um, And I mean, like, I I didn't mean that as a joke, Cole, but, like, Borderlands 3, like, in theory, great AAA video game. I didn't like it. I don't know if anyone here liked it, Um, but... I don't know. Someone must have liked it, right? I mean, literally no one I know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, triple AAA, AAA quality games. Um, I think there's sales going on for four weeks, so there's going to be four weeks of mystery games. So yeah, till June 16th. Um, a lot of good deals going on there too. I think they've got a deal now where you can get 25 percent off any game over fifteen dollars. I want to say so you can save like. I don't know what that ends up being, like three, four bucks off of a $15 game, so not terrible. Uh, Xbox Game Pass, um, they have not announced their their full list of June games, which I, Game Pass is getting very cagey um, on when they release those lists. It's often like the day the first of the games come out. It used to be like they'd give you a week or two's notice, and now it's like, it's June 3rd, and there's nine games coming out today, so whatever. It's their stuff. They can do what they want. Uh, Sniper Elite 5 comes to console and PC tomorrow, May 26th. Uh, Cricket 22, which, man, I have been waiting for for... feels like years now. 
Uh, it's coming to PC on May 27th. Pac-Man Museum Plus is coming out May 27th as well. Uh, For Honor Marching Fire Edition, I do not know what that means. Uh, comes out June 1st. But man, if you don't have the full version of For Honor somehow, like you haven't been trying. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is a game I've been kind of... Wait, let's see. Which one's Origins? So the current one's Valhalla. Was Origins the one before that or is... Is that Odyssey? I think that was Odyssey. Origins Odyssey well, Valhalla. Okay, so I have actually played most of Origins, I believe. It's the one that's set in like in uh, Egypt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played I don't know. I <laughs> I played like thirteen hours of that game. I was like and it like kind of wrapped up the story. I'm like, oh, that was a pretty good game. Like 13, 15 hours. Like, I really like that. And then they're like, not yet. There's more people to kill. And then like the game like goes whoop and there's like another twenty five hours of gameplay. I'm like Nah, I'm good. good. I'll just pretend that I just won. <laughs> we'll, we'll just call that fine. Cool game, though. Like, I mean, I enjoyed what I played of it. Uh, the Shadowrun Trilogy comes out June 21st. Escape Academy comes out uh, June 28th. And there's um, some pretty heavy rumors that a Plague Tale Requiem will be coming out sometime in June. Um, like I said, there's still a bunch of games uh, that are going to be coming. That I'm sure will be announced at the first part of June. So that that is not it, folks. Uh, PlayStation Plus, I do not know what is coming out uh, yet, but the the new version of PlayStation Plus comes out June 13th, so you've got about, I don't know, two and a half weeks to figure out which of these tiers you're going to purchase into. As a reminder, that is PS Plus Essential, um, that's 10 bucks a month or $60 a year. Um, PS Plus Extra, which is $15 a month or $100 a year, or PS Plus Premium, $17 a month or $120 a year. Do you ever think about Essential and think like... Essential seems to me would be better than Extra. Like it's everything... Like Essential is everything you need. So so why, why is there something better than Essential? I, I don't know. Language is weird. It's like penultimate. It's, it sounds so much better than than ultimate. Yeah. But they don't even mean the same thing. Like it's, I don't, I don't know. Uh, June 13th, anyways, for that stuff. Um, I don't know. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, Colby did throw me an article uh, today, though, that's saying that if you were one of those people that snapped up a bunch of uh, like cheap PS Plus cards l- right before they discontinued them and threw them on your account thinking you're going to get to get a bunch of... Uh, PS Plus Extra or PS Plus Premium, like, at a discount. Um, at least in Asia, where this has already been released, they are making you pay the difference on those. So, good guy Sony, once again, like, <laughs> just sticking it to the little guy. Love him. Uh, Humble Bundle, we've got a couple of uh, Humble Bundle uh, bundles, which is kind of weird to say. Uh, available right now. One of those is the City Skylines bundle. City Skylines is a lot of fun if you've never played it. And this gives you, for 20 bucks, you can get the base game and 30, 30 DLC packs for it, plus 20% off of the some sort of DLC bundle. I don't know why you would possibly need another bundle after you had 30 other bundles. Um... But maybe you just can't make the city you need yet. I guess. Um, nine expansions and then 21 add-ons. So there's a there's a whole just tub load 
of, of City Skylines. That game's a lot of fun, though. 20 bucks is a, is a pretty good deal for that. And then there is the Springtide Indies Bundle. Uh, this one is $10. You can get uh, Recompile, uh, Arietta of Spirits. Colby and I both played the demo for that and thought it was pretty okay. I think you liked it more than I did, but that's all right. I did. Uh, Paper Beast, As Far As The Eye, Out of Space, Sigma Theory, Tiny Lands, Impulsion, and Dungeon Runners. They actually look like a bunch of fun kind of indie games, so that might be a one to uh, check out as well. So that is the Springtide Indies Bundle. It's 10 bucks for all those games. Um, I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else you want to chatter about? Do you want to tell us about your cute, cute cat, Dylan? He's very happy right now. He's a good cat. Love that cat. Uh, all right. Well, we are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at BiteMePodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Discord at Discord. Nope. Extra. Nope. BiteMePodcast.com slash Discord. You can join our Extra Life team at BiteMePodcast.com slash Extra Life. You can support our Patreon at Patreon.com slash podcast. Is there something else? Seems like there's one more. I don't know. I don't know. You could email us at bite me at bitemepodcast.com if you do yeah, that. Yeah, that's like the worst way to get a hold of us, actually. Like, I, I, those in theory forward to my Gmail, but I don't, I don't know what happens. Anyway, Dylan, you can yawn. Are you done yawning? Bite me. Oh, I, could you do it again? I, I feel like I really screwed that one up. Bite me. Bite me.